I'm Dara M. Wilson. And I'm Yasmin Khan. And this is Money Haha, ha, the podcast where smart, funny friends bring money talk out of the shame drawer and onto the table. Each week, we discuss one of those money topics that pretty much everyone struggles with, but nobody feels comfortable talking about. We are beginning a series of episodes that we are recording live in LA with comedians and writers that are based here. And we are super excited that our first guest is the co-host of the hilarious Comedy Meets Culture podcast, Yo, Is This Racist? The incredible music writing collaborating podcast, The Supergroup. She's on IFC's Brock Meyer. She is Tani Newsom. Ooh, air horn. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, air horn. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Hi, Tani. Hi, what's up? How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm great. You're great. I'm having a great time good. already. <laughs> air horns really have that effect on It people. does. Yeah, you can't be sad after someone air horns your intro. That's <laughs> Put it on a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> air horn my intro. Well, that sounds... Anywho, how are you doing, Yasmin? I'm pretty good. I feel like... Uh, you know, we're in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> and tell me, what does that mean to that you? That means that I just spend a lot of time in a car. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We have, we, we're we like doing some group podcast listening. Um, mm. Jane, our executive producer, is down here with us, keeping us in line. Yeah. Being mom, getting us out of the house sometimes. <laughs> yeah, she did. She was like texting, ready to go. Like, Mm-hmm. I was yeah, I was ready. We watched we watched a lot of Archer last night. Mm-hmm. Getting our puns. comedy, ch- oh, getting oh. Our puns on. Okay, so I call it comedy. Yasmin calls it puns. Well, I just learned last night that Dara really loves pun humor. I which don't. I didn't realize. Really love it. Oh. I like it like a hipster. I like it oh, ironically. ironically. Mm. Okay. It's I'm like oh, that's not way. funny at all. That's why it's so funny. I feel like this a lot of the, a lot of the comedy I consume is like that's so corny. I love it. <laughs> what are you watching right now, Tawny? Um, I mean, like the rest of Thinking America, I'm watching Big Little Lies. Um, <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Sometimes I rewatch an episode. Meryl Streep is just. Oh my gosh. I mean, yeah. she's just tearing she's it tear- up. Yes. Just. Gobbling, she is just ripping up scripts in front of yes. us. She's tearing through. Uh, she's biting into film. I don't know. Do they film on film? <laughs> right, the jagged marks that you see at the top of the screen when you watch Big Little Lies yep, is that's where Meryl true. took a chomp out. When and she like did that necklace kiss. Mm. I think we talked about this. I, I think I, so. Yeah. The necklace. Oh yeah, we did. We, we had a little Twitter back and forth. Yeah, and the, uh, the and Laura Dern. We can't let Laura oh Dern get lost by the wayside. I will not not be rich. Oh no. Chills. I will not not be rich. Her during the disco party when she's like, I'm trying to reckon with the fact yes. that I married a man who is destroying my dreams, but it's all just so understated. Oh, and then yeah. she immediately flips to like, Hi, welcome to the party. <laughs> and you see him wilted in the background, oh. just like it's decimated. so good. So weirdly though, I love that couple. That's my favorite couple really? in the show. <laughs> yes. I love his weird kind of scummy. Because if this was like a kind of more two-dimensional show, he'd be like a total dirtbag. Mm-hmm. He'd be cheating mm-hmm. on her. He'd be like not, you know, and then he loses all their money, blah, blah, blah. But he instead, like, trains. he's kind of sweet. He's just like a fucking thief. Yeah. But he yeah. loves his wife. I was like, this is a three-dimensional weird couple that, like, I'm rooting for. I <laughs> I just love that for almost for almost everybody, it just so rings true. It's mm-hmm. like 
you're terrible, but also so real. Uh huh. Like you're doing such a good job of being a very real person that I know I could encounter. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have spent time in Monterey. <laughs> I have heard the equivalent of I won't not not be rich. Oh, sure. Well, there's also, as someone else on Twitter, probably in that thread that we were in, uh, <laughs> a friend who lives in the Bay named Jenna pointed out, she was like, like the audacity of children that live in Big Sur and go to school in Pacific Grove, like that's a whole different <laughs> world of people that I'm like, what is this life? <laughs> Why are you driving over that bridge every day to go to, is the school that good? What's happening? What's going on? The alternatives are unacceptable, apparently. That's mm-hmm. right. No, I'm. I'm. I don't know. I'm feeling good. I slept terribly. Ooh. This is. This is like we'll just get it all out, and for the rest of the episodes, I won't even have to talk about this stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If yeah. you get turn on any piece of water, oh yeah, any little piece of water in the house that we're staying in, it just goes. Oh. It's like a. There's it's like a like, pump or something. It's like um, if a cruise ship was Jaws. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sorry, we don't have to do this to the audience because <laughs> they like it. It was rude to us, and we don't have to give it to them. <laughs> I was, I was literally back. laying in bed texting Yasmin and Jane, being like, um, the water is really loud over here. If you wouldn't mind, I'd like to get a couple of hours, please. <laughs> We're just in our own room, just splashing our faces yeah. in the water. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're bathing, they're swimming. I am currently. Also a little bit off because I am taking hormones because I'm starting IVF. Oh, cool. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah. It's exciting, but also uh, melting my brain. Yeah, it's a crazy medical procedure that you're going through. Yeah. For potentially an exciting reason. (laughs) Potentially an exciting reason. You can't get too excited about it. So it's a lot of like contained excitement. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is melting my brain such that several things went wrong yesterday. I Mm. um, went to Oakland Airport instead of San Francisco Airport and didn't realize it until I went to put my phone on the scanner and Mm. the security guard was like, "Mm, yeah, something's wrong with your boarding pass. Take a look at it. And I was like, oh, Oh my God. (laughs) Shame. The worst part was having to message these <laughs> Jane and Dara to be like, I oh am at God. the wrong airport. That is some shit that's like, I mean, I tour in bands, and that is some shit that like only the dopiest bass player <laughs> does. <laughs> and you do not have that energy. Literally, the like the percussionist we fired in this one band because he ate a whole cheeseburger on stage. Like that is the guy who goes to the wrong airport. It wasn't like performance art. No, no, no. He just was like he wasn't in that song, so he just turned around and finished a cheeseburger. And we were like, "Sir, you like, and you have to go. You have to go, sir." He was delightful though. But that is not your energy at all. So that that is definitely the the hormones and the everything. Yeah, the things that are happening inside of me, people. Yasmin has been on tape delay. Like I said, I can, I literally can see my words exit my mouth, like float through the air, and then hit her ear three seconds later, and she's uh-huh. like, "Oh yes, the answer to that question you asked was fourteen Ooh. starfish." Yeah, so <laughs> fourteen starfishes. That's a callback to our uh, Inconchucks episode. So hey, I remembered a thing. I'm real proud of myself now. <laughs> Calling out your callbacks like Babe Ruth. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Look at me. I'm going to do a transition. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Baseball, which is a sport, a sport <laughs> with men, even though there are ladies who play baseball, but they have a really hard time mm-hmm. getting the same opportunities mm-hmm. as the men who play baseball. Uh, such is the rest of life, um, and also in the way that is in life, 
where women uh, have a hard time and in their income. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. I landed it so beautifully. Our topic today is the gender income gap. Boo. <sighs> but yeah, those soccer players are suing because they just won the World Cup and they get paid like, I think, 38%, I think, of what the men get paid and they get – they. Have, they bring in more revenue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They literally bring in more money than the men, and yeah. they get paid less Yep, for That's everything they do. And they have much better hair mm-hmm. just oh. across the board. They make memes just by, like, <laughs> just yeah. living. When's the last time this country got excited about soccer? Yeah. Mm, the last Women's World Cup? But, probably. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, my facts to make sure they got to be paid more. So they need to be paid right. more, um, and it is now time for us all. If Yasmin wants to start us off to enter into the no judgment zone, this is the segment where we share our own experiences with our week's topic without judging each other. Yes. So Yasmin, I know you have a special version of the no judgment zone for us this week. What is your no judgment story? About the, the gender income gap. Uh, because usually my special, like, twist on it is because usually we share things that we're kind of ashamed of and we don't judge each other or ourselves. But I feel no shame for this. <laughs> <laughs> I feel zero shame whatsoever for this. So when I first started working in tech, at first, you know, I got jobs, like, contract jobs and through recruiters. And they kind of tell you what you're supposed to get paid. And... Um, I had this awesome woman who was my boss, and she was like, I want to bring you on full time. Tell me what you want to get paid. P.S., give me a good number. You're worth it. And so I went on Glassdoor. I saw, like, what the range was. And I remember in grad school I had in my head, and I'm just going to say the number because fuck acting like every, like, income is something that you should put on a little piece of paper and slide across the table and Mm -hmm. everything— I was like, at some point in my life, I want to make $150,000. I know I'm not there yet, but I'm going to try to leapfrog, and I asked for one thirty, mm-hmm. And she was like, are you sure? And I was like, one thirty six. <laughs> she was like, that's that's the number to ask for. And I got one thirty three. Mm-hmm. But she encouraged me to ask for the number that I wanted. Mm-hmm. She let me know that I deserve more. And I got, like, I got that much closer mm-hmm. to my goal. And it felt really good. So, And I don't feel any shame about it. Uh, but I wasn't made to feel shame about it. I think that has a lot to do with, like, she's a woman who I think was also my position and was looking out for me. Mm-hmm. And so I try to do that for people that I work with now. That's amazing. Yeah. Dara, tell me about your no judgment story. Okay. I'm happy to be on the other side of this and experience <laughs> a lot of judgment and shame. <laughs> I think I've, like, kind of talked about here. I worked at a place before the place I work at now, and it was—it ended up being pretty terrible for me and my health. Um, And part of the reason that it was bad was that uh, towards the end, when really, like, the discrimination started rearing its ugly head, I could actually calculate the amount of money that I was— losing Mm. because of the discrimination. So it was like, okay, I know that on average, like, there's levels at this organization, and 
inside this function in marketing in this organization, for some reason, black people have a really hard time going from a level four to a level five, but all your peers around you are making that change. And so I know that the the income band between this level and this level is this much, plus like if you add your bonus structure on top of it, and it gets really complicated. And I don't know why I did the math because it wasn't going to make me happy. But I did it <laughs> because I pick at scabs, I guess. Yeah, yeah. That's so <laughs> yeah. I saw it and I was like, I'm even more mad now. Masochistic math. Yeah, I was already gone. So I, But I have um, tried to make up for that. That is something that is like top of mind for me as I negotiate salary for everything moving forward. And I'm very upfront with people like there are people who have joined the company that we're at right now um, where I have been like, "Mm, you should probably ask about a signing bonus. And if your number looks like this, it shouldn't. Like Mm -hmm. I'm all about being transparent Mm -hmm. um, because I know how frustrating it was to like be toiling in the darkness and then have the light too late and realize like I have already missed out on all this income. But there are definitely people who, like, have heard that version of the story and it's like, that's fake. That's not real. Mm-hmm. Probably you just really were terrible and that's why mm. you didn't succeed. And I'm like, no, because, see, mm-hmm. my numbers. Mm-hmm. When it was like, but I made you 10x in profit, what you were making last year. So how could I be doing a bad job? And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, just for you, we don't care about numbers. Mm-hmm. We care about this other stuff. Um, so that's like... Shame that I'm trying to shed. For everyone listening, you're not in the studio, but I just physically shed the shame. You did. I saw it go on away. the ground. It's beautiful. <laughs> said, it's just laying on the ground it's right now. It's laying on the ground. That's right. And that's where it belongs. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's uh, that's where I am and like kind of where I'm trying to move away from. Do you, do you watch The Good Fight? No. I highly recommend it. Okay. Um, but it is uh so it's a spin-off of The Good Wife, right. if you watch that, but uh they plump they plump. <laughs> they plunk Christine Baranski in the middle of a black law firm. So it's like three thousand more black people and then everything you love about the good wife. It's a fantastic oh, show. That sounds great. It's amazing. Yeah. Um but there's a really interesting episode about uh so it's a black law firm that employs mostly black people, but there are some white uh, interns and uh, lawyers and stuff there, and they uh, their salaries all get leaked. And they talk about most of the partners are black, and they talk about how black employees there are making less than the white people, even mm. though it's black people signing the checks. And they have this really frank discussion about how employers are more likely, even if you are black and even if you hate mm-hmm. this, they are more likely to pay white people more because white people can leave. White people have more opportunities. They can go somewhere else. So they pay them more to keep them there. Whereas the black people, they're probably going to stay at the black firm so they can undervalue them. And so it was just an interesting thing of like watching characters that you're very sympathetic to talk about how they hate this, but it is societal and not always uh, microcosmic, you know? Right. It's such a, like a, it's a value judgment and value mm-hmm. judgments are so subjective. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of Dara's story. I do want to get to your story. Absolutely. But where somebody told you, like, oh, the numbers don't count for you, Harvard Business Review did a study in 2015 that showed that women are more likely to get feedback based on their personality, Mm. as men are more likely to get feedback based on cold, hard facts, objectives. Did you meet that? Um, And because it is so subjective, and like you said, it's not about your personal feelings, but what you know 
how your personal perspective might feed into the latticework of society and the institutions around you that it just gets what is the technical term fucked? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I I definitely think that's true. I also think that we all have to realize that there is a level of participating in your own oppression that many people um, that's 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 why it works mm-hmm. because it does become so inside and so insidious um, that you end up doing the same things that if they were top of mind for you you would be ashamed of having done mm-hmm. um, but you still can yeah you still can have that impact on people and Tani yes we would like to hear your no judgment zone story yes um, so this isn't from this week but it's something that I've been thinking a lot th- about this week that I especially when I first moved to LA. I had a small on-camera career when I lived in Chicago, but I was mostly doing stage work and uh, Second City and comedy and stuff. And when I moved here, I really focused on TV. And I used to ask my reps not to ask for more money because I was scared. I just wanted to be the cheap choice. Like, Mm -hmm. I wanted to—I thought getting my foot in the door, and I didn't have, like— the most I didn't have the team then that I have now, which like I trust them implicitly and I don't even know what they ask for. But I was thinking about that a lot this week because as these people negotiate on your behalf, they are meant to know exactly what you're worth, exactly what you're likely to get. And they're meant to push that in respectful ways if you have the right people. Mm -hmm. But I used to go like, just don't just if they offered scale, like I'll do it for scale. It's a fun project. Like I just want to do it. I didn't want to price myself out because You know, I moved here at, like, 31. Like, I didn't move Mm -hmm. here young and fresh and whatever. And so I was seeing black women my age and my type that I've pictured as more, uh, you know, they were more seasoned than I was. And I was like, they're going to give it to somebody else. I'm not going to get this because I I can't ask for the same amount of money that they are. Um, And I really used to, like, undervalue myself. And I would get so anxious about it and so tense when my reps would say, like, okay, well, you're testing for this pilot and they offered this, but we're going to go back and ask for more. I'd be like, it's a pilot. That's on a network TV channel. Don't ask them for shit. Like, I just want to do it. And my reps are just like, no, this is how it's done. And they really had to push me to, like, value myself. Don't worry. It only took me, like, a year. And then finally I was like, you're right. (laughs) Yes, give me all the money. Ask for everything. I'm still going to be being paid less than the men anyway. So ask me, ask for everything. (laughs) It's weird. And Like, it makes me think of how when, um, not that you're an object, you're a person, but there is a price tag associated with our fee. And when, if I'm in a store and I see two sweaters and one sweater costs more than the other, somehow my brain is like, it's a more valuable sweater. Mm -hmm. If it's the same sweater, though. There's some, there, there is possibly something wrong with me. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. But I'm like, it must, oh yeah, I start to feel it. And I'm like, oh, actually, yeah, it does feel softer. It does feel a little more durable. This actually might, you know, be of higher quality. But like to do that to yourself, like to give yourself that same um, presentation and say like, I am worth more. Mm-hmm. I am worth more. And by telling you I'm worth more, you will see that I am worth more. It is a very hard thing to do, though. It is. And then there's a level of pressure because, or I should speak for myself, I feel a level of pressure after I have achieved uh, an income that I feel like I deserve based on my experience and what I can contribute. But it also is like, okay, you need to deliver (laughs) (laughs) because they're giving you this thing as opposed to feeling like I deserve to get this. 
the mediocre people who do the same thing as me in mm-hmm. a very average way mm. get this and more. Mm-hmm. So why should I be, like, so paranoid about it? But I do have that paranoia. And part of it is not paranoia. Part of it is a, a real true reaction to, you know, the, the stimuli that I get from the people around me who are like, ooh, really? Are you worth that much? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Did you realize that you were a black woman when you woke up today? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, shoot. That's I what, always forget that. Yeah. I don't. I don't forget it. I never forget it. Stop typing to me. <laughs> I just see, I see people. Uh, Everybody stop. relax. I was joking. <laughs> We've talked in other episodes, though, about being more, like leaning more into, because I think that we all have this thing where we're like, um, we are Teflon for compliments and, and Velcro for criticism. Mm. And we hold the criticism. And we just like, you know, I compliment Dara all the time. And she just looks at me like I'm crazy. I'm mm-hmm. like, just receive it. <laughs> like, please stop. It. Please stop. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's an important part of this journey of like saying, you know what, I'm going to lean into the things. That, when people are giving me praise, when people are saying things, like owning that is part of your journey towards being valued and paid in the way that you need to be. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, why don't we dig a little deeper mm. into some facts about this week's topic? Um, so first, according to an analysis of the Bureau of Labor Statistics, uh, data by the Pew Research Center, in 2015, women earned 83% as much as men or 17 cents less on the dollar. Um, that is not great, but is better than 1980 when women earned 36 cents less than men. Um, but surprise, surprise, the progress is not equal when you break it down by race. So between 1980 and 2015, white women narrowed the wage gap by 22 cents. Black women narrowed it by only 9 cents. Hispanic women by only 5 cents. Uh, So that means at the time of the study, Asian women earned 87% as white men, white women earned 82%, black women earned 65%, and Hispanic women earned 58%. Hmm. It's not great out here. Mm -mm. It hurts my heart. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, I heard a story from a representative in this industry. I'm like, how do I tell this story without just like <laughs> Very outing people's careful. business? Yeah, right. um, who represents two people who are on a very popular show. They were both relative unknowns. If I told you the names, everyone would know them. They were relative unknowns before they got on this very popular show. They have equal uh, experience, basically, and their work leading up to the show that they're on was pretty much identical. They, When they get offers for other work and other um, movies and things like that, one of them is black, one of them is white. They're both women. This rep constantly gets the same requests for them to do the same type of work, and the black woman's quotes and offers are always lower, always. And this, this representative was like, I didn't even – I." Was I had an inkling this sort of thing was happening, but to see it so blatantly mm-hmm. that, like, these two people who have – you know, if this was a corporate setting, their resumes would be exactly the same. And just mm-hmm. to see people's internal biases, uh, it's just – it was it's crazy. And I wish more representatives in this industry saw that sort of thing because I think it's rare that you have clients that are so matched that you can kind of do, like, that litmus test. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think seeing it that clearly is – it just validates so you just know that you're not being gaslit. Mm-hmm. 
Like, otherwise, it's really easy to feel like you are going crazy. Yeah, I think it's really hard. And one thing I know that, you know, at the bottom of the list, we saw that, you know, Hispanic women earn 58 percent of what white men make. Um, I am half—I'm on I'm on half seas. I'm, on, I'm half Pakistani, so I'm half Asian, technically, and half Mexican. And I see the different sides of just how people are talked about. But I pass as white a lot of times um, because I'm light-skinned. And so I often hear how people talk about Mexican people, um, particularly growing up in Orange County. And that number means so much more than it did a year ago, two years ago, because when we take away the humanity of people by calling them illegal, when we take away the, you know, the v- validity of somebody's labor and their sweat— because of the color of their skin and because of – I'm sorry, we're, we're trying to labor on our own land. <laughs> like this was our land. It hurts so deeply um, and it's not okay. But um, this is a funny show, so let's shake that shit off. <laughs> so I'm going to climb my way out of that with some facts. Pew Research found that the continuing gender gap can mainly be explained by factors we can measure in data, like women having less education, the tendency of women to be in an occupation that pays less, and women having less experience. But, of course, that doesn't mean that inequality isn't there, because they're also pointing out that factors like discrimination, which aren't robustly measured, may, may, may be a factor. Yeah. Uh, 2017, four in 10 women said they experienced the gender discrimination at work compared to two in 10 men. And it's hard to wrap your head because it's like, it's not like we have less education because we choose to. (laughs) Right. Mm. It's not like we have less experience because somebody offered it to us and we walked away from it. Mm -hmm. It's also not, I mean, you also have to say anything that is deemed woman's work gets priced down. Right. So as soon as we decide that women equals nurse, then that means nurses don't get paid as much. But if men flocked into the nursing industry Mm -hmm. to be like, no, actually, this is a very technically complicated job. And all of a sudden we really value your input Mm -hmm. and what you have to do. And therefore you should be compensated accordingly. And he probably has a family to support. That's right. The other myth is like, oh, well, the man is the breadwinner. So men must be paid more because there's probably a woman at home with some children around, like not extending the same logic to the fact that there can be women with a family <laughs> yeah, at home. Exactly. <laughs> Trickle-down economics. Exactly. But, and then also, that has almost never been true for women of color in this country, that, like, this idea that the feminist movement was this movement to get all women out of the house is, like, some of us don't have the choice mm-hmm. to just be in the house. <laughs> uh, many of us were laboring in mm-hmm. the market and just getting paid very terribly. Um, so... Guess what? I don't feel better. You didn't do it, Yasmin. It was my trick. I knew it. I feel great. I'm I'm impenetrable to all of those. I came in feeling great. I just so. feel great. You need to leave some of that here all right. with you. I also think it's interesting that you uh, you pointed out that these kinds of things are not robustly measured. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like if there were a vested interest in actually changing these things, the first thing you have to do is measure it, right? Like I don't know. I have a hard time with that. My whole master's thesis was about how important things, some really important things just can't be measured. That's what makes them important. You know, it was like standardized testing ruined 
education because it was like if you can't measure, if a kid learned it, it doesn't matter. Mm. But so many things as a teacher, if a kid asks you a poignant question, you can't measure that. You can't put that on a scan trying to put – but like you're seeing the depth of their thinking. You're seeing the quality like – and I think we, when we obsess so much about measure, we we lose a lot of what's important. I've, I think when I talk about measurement, I think I am including qualitative things. But basically what I am thinking about on a very practical basis is I can't get funding from the government or laws changed without having something on paper that shows that it is real because there are so many people so interested in pretending that it is not real. I don't know. This guy we got going on. I'm not going to give the Voldemort any power. But <laughs> he says whatever he wants. I mean, he doesn't know any numbers. He's getting lots of things done his way. So uh, yeah, we maybe can you're tell right. powerful stories. Maybe it will not have everything some influence is that way. Into, not everything's going to fit into a chart. Mm. I fit into a chart. <laughs> That's not true. I haven't fit into a chart since I was 10 years old. Mm. I've filled out. I'm a woman now. <laughs> now you're more of an Excel spreadsheet. That's right. <laughs> I contain tabs. <laughs> All right. We're going to move to our next section here. And we're, are we, can we do, we're going to do a song. <laughs> we're going to do a song. Yeah, we didn't do any songs. This we didn't do a song. Yeah. We usually have a song or two. Um, for our action item, would you like would you like to do the song with us? Okay, we're just we just make we it just up. make it up. Okay, great. Um, unlike the things that you do, our songs are um, bad. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so just I want you to know that going Let's into do it. it. Okay, right. We're just gonna. I just usually give a supportive ah at the end. So <laughs> okay, great. we just like say the words action item. Yeah. Okay. Ready? One, two, three, go. Action item, action item, action item, action item. Was that the whole song? Yeah. I was just waiting. I was like, what else is happening? Inside, please, like, what are you doing? No, we just say that. That's great. Oh, great. I didn't know if there were verses. Oh no, that's gonna happen. Oh no, no, no. That's it. And Phil, our lovely producer, will he literally every week he'll put some music behind it, and we don't sound nearly as silly as we do. You guys sounded really nice. That was beautiful. Mm, uh, Yeah. Okay. I can't wait to hear it. Don't respect my opinions. That's fine. Great. (laughs) We said okay. That's gaslighting you. (laughs) Each week we give you a simple thing you can do right away to get better at money. And this week your action item is... If your coworkers want to talk about pay, engage them. Don't run away from the conversation. There's a myth that you shouldn't talk about what you get paid to exactly what you were saying earlier, which is like, if people know what I got paid, they might want to not take it away from me, but like... Not give me opportunities, yeah. say that you cost too much, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the idea here is to push against that and try to talk more openly with people. Find out, are there signing bonuses? Are there relocation expenses that are covered? Are there other benefits that other people are getting? Like, you won't know unless you just start talking about it. Yeah, I think one of the things that I have noticed People, especially women, doing um, more and more recently, which I think is awesome. Um, it obviously depends on the kinds of jobs that you're trying to get. But if you have the opportunity not just to talk to your manager but to your potential teammates, I think you get a lot more 
real information about mm-hmm. what the lay of the land is. Um, and a lot of that can be financial as well. I, I have started telling all of my friends what I'm offered, what I get quoted, what I'm making on jobs. And in Hollywood, it's weird because there's so much witchcraft about <laughs> who's paying who what and why you're valued at this and blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, with people who are my friends and my peers, I don't care. And they don't have to share it back with me. But I want I, I want more transparency. And then what we're learning is like, because kind of a lot of us sort of moved out here, like my friends in the comedy world who are working in TV, we sort of moved here from Chicago at the same time, similar experience levels, and we're all working at like various different levels. So by talking about it, it gives me an understanding of, even if the numbers seem wildly different to me when I think they shouldn't, it, it just, it's all good information for me to have. And then, mm-hmm. I don't know, I can, people can go back to their reps and say like, well, my homegirl, who is the same as me, is getting this on this same network. So what can we talk about, you know? It's empowering. Right. I think right. so. It's weird to use the word brave. I feel like brave is overused. When it's like, I'm just doing what I should be doing. But it it's a scary thing to start doing that yeah. um, and start encouraging that transparency. And really, who benefits from keeping all that stuff behind closed doors is the people who are doling out the money. Right. Not anybody on the other side. Right. I think people are scared to talk about salary, especially in my business, because they think it's going to breed competition in an already very competitive business where, mm-hmm. like, women and especially women of color are already competing for such few spots that if we then bring money into it, it's going to be—people worry that we're going to be at each other's throats. When really what I think it does is say, like—I mean, I just had dinner with a friend last night and found out that for one episode of a thing, she got paid what I got paid for a season of a thing. Mm-hmm. And they were on similar things— there were some differences. It's not as egregious as it sounds, but I still was like, okay, well, next time I go to work for that thing that you worked for, that's what I'm asking for. That right. Is agreed. I was like, do we need to knock on some doors? No, that, that <laughs> happens so much. The, 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 I don't know if you call it the disparity of, of pay is mm-hmm. so huge in this business. It's, it's exponential how different it can be from person to person. But I think the only way to chip away at that is to, like, say those numbers out loud, to be like, Mm -hmm. my homegirl got paid this with this comma in it in this place. (laughs) And y'all want to pay me what? Like, let's talk about why at least. Yeah, slide that that comma over just a little bit. Uh Uh-huh. Just a little bit. Maybe a lot bit. Uh-huh. Maybe a lot, but uh, yeah, we talked in our student loans episodes about more commas being more problems. But in this case, please give us all the commas you can spare. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We've doled out our facts. We have talked about our action item. I'm only a little bit angrier than I was the like 40 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah. And now, well, no, no, this part will be definitely positive. We're going to do another song. I'm saying it. I'm not even looking at the Slack to see if I'm allowed to do a song. I'm doing a song. Yes. <laughs> do you, or I said I, but I think you should do it. <laughs> it's the It Was Worth It song by Yasmin Khan. Go. It was worth it. <sighs> that was melodic. I liked it. It had notes in it. That's to give and that's what I get. And that's all we can and expect of you. And I'd like to get you. paid for it. <laughs> I would like to get paid by the note, please. And then I'll just start be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, wow, Charles that was Dickens so... got paid by the page, and that's why all the books you had to read in high school were too long. <laughs> 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 why he would describe a bridge for, I... like, 
14 pages. (laughs) Wow. It was worth it. It's a segment where each of us shares something we spent money on in the past week that we actually feel was worth the money. So, Dara, what was worth it? My it was worth it for this week. I hope that uh, we'll see if it's worth it. I bought um, some headphones that have an MP3 player in them that can go underwater because we're staying at a place with a pool and I don't get to be in the water very much. I'm very excited to use them. Uh, I had to find a really um, janky way to finagle some podcasts onto the device, but I did it. And I've just got hours and hours and hours of podcasts waiting for me, many of them containing Tawny Newsome. Oh, hello. <laughs> hello in your ears. And I'm very excited to, like, just lay in the pool, wow. not get my hair wet. That's but the height of luxury. S- somehow, yeah. I love Headphones that go in the water. I've never heard of this. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, I had to do a lot of searching. Yeah. I was looking for Bluetooth ones um, because I don't know how physics works, and it turns out Bluetooth can't go through water. Sure, sure. I didn't know that. Uh, so that's why I had to get this thing. But hopefully it was worth it. It wasn't super, super expensive either. So That's cool. Yeah. That's I will one. let everyone know how it works out. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Yasmin? What was worth it for you this week? Hmm. Well, since I already shared my IVF for AMO, my experience, um, part of the experience is you have to test to find out when you're ovulating. And um, there's, like, communities of women all over the Internet, and they show you how they do the tests. And the cheap ones, you, like, pee on a stick, and you, like, tape it to a, a notebook paper, and then you the next day you pee on a stick, and you tape it on a notebook paper, and you're looking to see if, like, a line gets darker. I'm not touching those strips. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Don't it's do gross. it. So I shelled out. For the nice one, where it's digital, uh-huh. and you do it once, and you don't have to tape anything to anything. Hell yeah. I just put it on it, and I get a nice little happy face in a digital window, <laughs> and it's like, you're ovulating. Does it also sing? Um, I'm singing a little bit when I get the happy okay. face. You either <laughs> you get go. like a blank circle with no face, so <laughs> it's just like, mm. You it's are like, nothing. it's this not sad. It's, it's just, just nothing. It's, it's just nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, not yet. Not yet. I actually do think on BoJack Horseman, Princess Caroline had a watch that told her when she was ovulating. Yes, she did. It did say. <laughs> it, it actually <laughs> illustrated sure. and showed her where the egg was <laughs> for the tubes at this moment. And they'd be like, it's happening now. So that's what you have, right? Seat. Yeah, that's what I got, guys. Yeah. All right, Tani, what was worth it for you this week? I got a GPS watch for hiking and for, like, backpacking adventures and stuff because—and they are expensive, and I had been putting off getting it because— I feel like sort of in like the outdoorsy backpackery world, people are a little like people think it's a little bit of a like unnecessary luxury to have that thing because you should be able to just like read a map. You should have your, you know, if you have a GPS unit, you can get much cheaper ones that are just handheld things. But this thing like, you know, you load all your courses onto it like so you know exactly where you're going. It measures your altitude. It has a barometer in it, so it'll tell you if a storm is coming. So it was just a lot of, like, bells and whistles that made me feel a lot safer going out, especially if—and I don't do this very often, but if I'm going to go out by myself, which I encourage women to do, it is not more dangerous than the city you probably live in. (laughs) The wilderness is probably safer if you take the right precautions. But, yeah, a a girlfriend and I just did a big, long hike recently, and we're going to do another one that's a little more remote— and I was like, I want to splurge on this thing so I just feel, like, completely safe and covered. And, and yeah, and it, it gets messages on it, like the Apple Watch, too. So I can – I'm still learning all the uh, bells and whistles, but it just Ooh. came this week. Does That's it tell you when there's a mountain lion ahead of you? <laughs> um, I bet it, I bet somehow it could. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
Like, this thing does we so much. pheromones. <laughs> the centimeter is it off is the near. charts. Yeah. This thing does so much. It probably will tell me because my heart rate will, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> jump up. It'll be like, alert, danger. I'll be like, I know. <laughs> I think that about wraps us up for this episode. But before we head out, thank you so much, Tawny, thank for you. being here. Uh, is there anything you want to plug before we get out of here? You can just listen to me every Wednesday on Yo! Is This Racist. Comes out on Earwolf. Check us out. Nice. Yeah. There are still episodes of the Supergroup up? There are episodes of the Supergroup up. Yes, that was my little uh, just six-episode project. We might be doing more. Unclear. We're both, like, busy with, with random stuff. Uh, you can see me in a few episodes of Sherman Showcase on IFC, which is a—I mean, it was such a dream to do. It's basically like a Soul Train-style parody show. So it's just a bunch of black people in wild costumes doing music and sketch comedy. Um, that's going to be on IFC starting July 31st. I'm so excited for that. that was, when I first saw the promos, I, like, oh started God. hyperventilating. <laughs> it's like, this it, is going to be amazing. It's crazy because I just went for, like, a few days, and, like, it was just, like, a big— black people party and they were just like crazy costumes and I just watch people walking by and I'd be like you're Stevie what this is you're dressed as Stevie Wonder or you're actually John Legend like, <laughs> like so many so many eye candy moments what's it's more cool. exciting you're dressed as Stevie Wonder or you are actually John Legend I think e- even equal <laughs> equal because the Stevie Wonder costume was cool as hell he had the beads so I was like yes this is like hotter than July Stevie so I was like you look cool that's our show. You can catch us back here every single Tuesday. Next week on Money Haha, ha, we'll be with comedian, writer, and actor Zeke Nicholson talking about getting paid every two weeks and the struggle to make that money last. If you like the podcast, show that support. Rate us. Leave us a great review wherever you're listening to this right now. Send us your stories, questions, and ideas for future episodes. We'd love to hear your lovely voice. And here's how you send it. First, record a voice memo on your phone. Kick it off by telling us your first name and where you are. Or you can remain anonymous. Then share your story or question or comment in around 30 seconds or so. Once you're done recording, attach that memo to an email and send it to hi at moneyhahapod.com. That is H-I at moneyhahapod.com. Follow us and tweet us at moneyhahapod on Twitter and Instagram. Dara is Dara M. Wilson on Twitter. I'm Yasmin K on Instagram. As for plugs for us, I actually have one this week. I have a show of all lady comedians called Amazonians that is picking back up on August 1st. You can go to my Instagram at Dara M. Wilson or my Twitter at Dara M. Wilson to get more details about that. It's at the Cricket City Cider House. I think I got that right. Um, it's going to be a really, really fun time. We've got a great lineup and I'm excited to see you all there if you're in the Bay Area. Alright, Money Haha is a production of the Even app. Learn more at even.com. It's hosted by me, Dara M. Wilson. And me, Yasmin Khan. Our executive producer is Jane Lybrock. Our producer is Phil Serkis. Our designer is Allison Chan. Our social media manager is Nicole Maltrotti. Our production manager is Adejake Adegoke. Our copywriter is Kelly Anakin. And our theme music is Money by Antique Naked Soul. Money no more. It's not a gift. It was Until next week, week. Have, have a nice life. Calling, but you don't pick up the phone. No, really, have a nice life. Have a nice life. Sincerely, please, truly, truly. <laughs>